Three things golfers actually suck at. Let's talk about that today. If you're a first-time listener to the podcast, welcome here. This podcast is dedicated to the golf learning curve. I am your host, Tim Connor. I'm a PGA member, golf coach. That's all I've ever done with my post-college career is taught golf. And this podcast is dedicated to bring you all the little things I get to learn from teaching all day long. The good, the bad, the ugly, and I'm going to keep it 100% real with you always. That's kind of why I like modern media is anybody like Joe Schmo like me can just go up and put up a podcast. But the thing is, I don't have any real agenda other than to just help golfers. So I get to kick it real with you all the time and uh, no BS, no fluff. 100% transparency, that is my guarantee to you. Longtime listeners of the podcast, this is going to be the first one up on YouTube. You want to watch me talk through it, it's going to be on YouTube. I want to reach more golfers. YouTube is a great place to do that. It'll be separate from my regular golf YouTube. The link will be right down in the description if you want to watch it. Anyway, I want to talk to you today about things golfers actually struggle with. If we hit that rewind button, that rewind noise, you know what I'm talking about? Golf media. I never loved it, especially when I was in college and I started to learn about golf, golf swing, golf technique. I just felt like there was a gap in major golf media. I felt like you were never really getting the full story or the truth about how improvement actually happens. Golf is a technique-based game. It requires a lot of skill and um, skills developed over time. So quick fixes aren't a real thing. And that's really what caused me to launch this podcast. I was like, man, there has to be a real audience out there that wants to hear about the process. So that's what we do here is talk about the process of learning and how to build, build fundamentals, build skills on top of those fundamentals and work your way towards better. Little bit by little bit, have a plan, work your plan, do the little things every day that add up to the big things over time and you'll get to where you wanna be with golf. Anyway, today's agenda, I wanna talk about things that golfers are actually bad at and kind of low-key bad at, things I don't think get talked about enough. Three little gems, if you will. So the first one, many golfers lose their connection with the grip through the golf swing. It's often happening at the top of the backswing. For most players, their right palm will come off their grip when they swing it to the top of their backswing and they don't even know what's happening. And your hands are your connection to the club. They're your huckleberry. They're your numero uno for how you're going to work and control the club face through the golf swing. So if you lose that connection, how hard have we just made golf? We've made it like damn near impossible because golf is already hard and we've taken, we've removed one of our hands from the club and how you're going to reattach it, how you're going to make it the same every time, how you're going to be like a robot and repeat that. It just makes the game way more difficult. In a perfect world, if we live in this utopia that is like trying to build a perfect golf swing, we want less moving parts. Now, I know golf isn't perfect and perfect golf swings don't really exist, uh, except for a few of them. You've seen them on tour before, as close to perfect as it gets. But perfect golf swings don't really exist. But what we want is functional. We want to build functional and we want to strive to educate ourselves through the process. So if something goes bad, we can work our way back towards where we want to be. For example, you're on the 10th tee, you've had a good front nine, you slice one out of bounds. What are you going to do on that next shot? Is it going to happen again? Are you going to be able to compose yourself and understand why it happens? 
I want that second thing to happen. I want you to be able to compose yourself, understand why it happens, and not continue to make the same mistakes and not let that snowball continue rolling downhill. Now to build on top of that last thing, we don't want our hand coming off the club. Another thing we don't want happening is we don't want our elbows separating the golf swing. Our elbows separating is really code for our elbows are bending. And if our elbows are bending, we're losing control of the club face. You can reference some better players. You can reference Jordan Spieth, there are also other good players who have swung with a slightly bent lead elbow. All right, now those players are the exception, not the norm. Although I do think it's possible to play great golf with a slightly bent arm. What they're not doing is they're not creating very wide elbows. They're not internally rotating their arms so their elbows are separating. All right, now so much of this has to do with how we control the club face through the hitting area. In that perfect world where we don't want extra moving parts, we don't want to separate our elbows and have to bring them back together. Often a player wants to have a straight left arm. And my best advice for that player is not necessarily to straighten your left arm. It's either to straighten your right arm, which is going to create more arc width and actually help you get your hand on the club, but also to bring your elbows together. If your elbows are together, your arms are straighter and it will help you control the club face, which is really the thing that golf boils down to. How well can you repeat and control your club face? What kind of wizard are you with your club face? Can you change the loft? Can you change the angle of it? What sort of mastery do you have with that club? And just dig deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. So one major thing that I don't think gets talked about enough is keeping your elbows together, keeping your arms nice and straight, and having good arc width from the center of our chest to our hands. And my final point for today, and I've actually got a little visual on the screen here. One of my students drew this actually, not me. I don't get credit for this artwork, is low point control. How well do you have the ability to hit the ground in the spot you're intending? I think this is a low-key underrated golf skill and a major separator between the, the amateurs and the want to be better than amateurs and the pros. Professionals have excellent low point control as well as really good hand-eye coordination. Those are two things that I, I hear get talked about some, but I think are underrated as skills that you need to develop. Having great low point control means hitting the ground where you intend. With a perfect golf shot, with when our ball is on the ground, we wanna hit the ball and then the ground in front of the ball. That's perfect turf interaction. If you don't have good turf interaction, you will never have consistency because if your swing bottoms out before the golf ball, it's gonna influence your club face angle. It's also, and which really isn't repeatable. Moral of the story, if your ball is on the ground, we want you to hit the ground in front of the ball. We want you to hit the ball on a descending blow and hit the ground in front of the ball. It may sound weird saying, but also with a driver, low point control is still a skill. You're hitting off a tee, but our low, our low point is now behind the ball instead of in front of it relative to the target. And it's still important to have a very similar swing arc and be able to catch the ball in the middle of the club face and hit it slightly on the upswing with the driver. Your low point is controlled by two major variables. The first is your weight shift, your centers of gravity. What is your weight shift doing? Are you shifting enough towards the target? Are you shifting too much towards the target? The more you shift your weight towards the target, the more you're gonna move your low point, all things left the same, towards the target. And this concept is important if you're understanding a driver as well, because with a driver, we're not trying to hit down on the ball. So what do we want our weight shift doing differently than with an iron? We're getting into the weeds, but I want you thinking about this. With a driver, we're actually gonna hit slightly more off our trail foot than our lead foot, because we're not intending to hit down on the golf ball. Pretty interesting, right? And that's why I say this stuff is a skill, it's not a black and white deal. Black and white means that it would always be the same. Golf is very dynamic, 
And even if you can hit one shot, you want to be able to hit more than just one shot. You want to have skills that will stand you the test of time. Being one dimensional eventually is a house of cards that's going to collapse on you because you're not going to have the shots when you need to have the shots. So two skills. First being, what is your weight shift doing? Where is your lateral center of gravity? What's happening there? And then the second is your wrist hinge. So for example, if you break your wrist hinge earlier in your downswing, you're going to hit the ground earlier or you're gonna create a, a wider bottom of your swing arc. And not to get too deep in the weeds on you here, but if you drop the club earlier, if you cast it or you unload your hinge or you release it, there's a lot of terms for this stuff, but if you drop that club, you're going to hit the ground earlier. If you maintain that wrist angle, you maintain that hinge, you release it later, you're gonna hit the ground more forward. All things left the same. Now there are some other contributing variables, but these are the two majors that are going to influence where you hit the ground. So if you're struggling to develop low point control, get some practice. Work on those two things to help you influence where you want to hit the ground. One of my favorite drills is just a towel six inches behind the golf ball so you can learn and get some feedback if your club bottoms out early. Another way you could do it with a driver is you could put like a box of balls, an empty box of balls, six to 10 inches in front of your driver so you're learning to swing up and over. There are many drills to help you develop your low point, but I what I want you to have up in your head is the idea that other than your club face and your swing path or your swing plane, there are other things that are very important, like your low point, like your hand-eye coordination. These are all skills that need to be developed over time. And mastery of these things doesn't happen right away, but if you have the idea and you have the understanding, you can start to build and work your way towards playing better golf, which is what this podcast is all about. Anyway, I want to thank you all for hanging out, listening to another podcast with me. Check it out on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a huge favor and subscribe. Share this thing with a friend. Share it with a slicer in your group. Let me know ideas for the next podcast, and I will catch you back here, same time, same place, next week. He's crazy.